Episode 15, welcome back to the Live and Learn podcast. Hopefully you're doing well. I love this conversation you're about ready to embark on. I sit down on Washington Avenue at a place called Evil Prince with my good friend and owner of Evil Prince, Tom Huck. Huck is an American printmaker. He was born in Farmington, Missouri, and he has led such an interesting life. He is so rock and roll, and that sounds kind of cheesy to say, but he really is the embodiment of a rock and roller. Like, he's just, he lives fast, he talks hard, but yet, as you'll notice, he's kind of like a gooey butter cake in a way. We get into talking about his artwork, how he started when he was just a little kid, and how he found this passion of his, and how renowned he is. He is in all sorts of museums all over the world. He has a sculpture at Lawmire Sculpture Park. He's just incredible, and it's really neat to know him. He's not as evil as he thinks he is. He's quite sweet, and it was super fun to drink whiskey and talk to him at Evil Prince. So enjoy my vulgar conversation with Tom Huck. Did you set that up? No. Somebody is following your life from Farmington, telling the universe about your history. What do you history. mean from, the, from Farmington? Like, it talks about how you you were born in Farmington. I was born in Farmington, that's right. And you grew up in Potosi. Yes. And then it discusses <laughs> your history. It doesn't say anything about your girls, but it does talk about, like, you know, how you bring live growing up in rural Missouri into your printmaking here. Yeah. And so I was reading that and I was taking all these notes and I, cause it was interesting. And I'm like, you know, I don't have too many friends that have Wikipedia pages. I wouldn't say that. You've got a few, you've met everybody. Not everybody. You've met a lot of fucking people. Oh, can we curse oh, on here? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, you can say whatever fuck. you want. I know. This, this is, is so great. cool. great. This is great. We are at Evil Prince right now. Yes. On Washington Avenue. Mm-hmm. Is this open to the public? Like, people listening to this could come here? They can go to Graphic House. Which is right next door. One door over. That's okay. our public part, which yeah. was the retail. You can get stuff by me on t-shirts and, you know, hand-printed stuff that's affordable and if people want to see the more expensive stuff, then they typically make appointments. It's usually like museums and right. stuff like that that make appointments to come in here and see my stuff. That's the other part. I had the list of all the museums that your art is in. And I'm so impressed Didn't you with go you. To the, you went to the St. Louis Art Museum show like eight years ago. Or yes, Ten I years that. ago. You were an intern at Casey then or I something. I was, yeah, if that was 08. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when we met. Well, I could tell you when we met. Okay, good. Because I want, and I'm going to pour us a shot while we're yes! talking. Okay, this is really good stuff. This is a gift. Oh, my. This is very expensive Jack Daniels. Single barrel Jack Daniels. You know, um, I'm in a band now, and I have Jack Daniels. <laughs> I saw you're in a band. Which is the most ridiculous that's, thing ever. No, that's cool. It makes total sense to me. And I'm not necessarily whiskey girl. Whenever I'm with my guys practicing every Tuesday night at Richard's house. You have to be. I have Jack Daniels for my vocals. They say it's like, well, see, Lemmy, he didn't. He didn't do it for his vocals. He did it with speed. <laughs> Jack true. Daniels and speed. Yeah, we're going to get into how you knew Lemmy. Because I, I want to take you piece by piece. But right now I want to talk about You were we there met. the night I met him. At Boom. the pageant? That's the first time I met him. No. Yeah. That was like. Because of the art that I did for Casey. No, I for the. I see it's it. right behind it. It's I have for, that framed in my house. For the. Um, Monday Night Metal. For Monday Night Metal. Which, which is excellent, by the way. There's a whole story about. All this. We could talk about all this. So, hey, let's do a shot Okay, first. let's do a okay. shot. 
cheers to you. Thanks Chitty for chin. inviting me to You're Eagle welcome. Prince. And I haven't been here in a good, long time. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Oh, man. All right, back up. Hold up. Before we get to Lemmy, I want to know what you remember about when we met. Okay. The first time I met you, mm-hmm. we were at the bar at the bar in the pageant. You were standing. Sorry, Tim. You were standing in a circle of biker dudes talking about penises. Yeah, that's totally really loudly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Who <laughs> in the fuck is she?" And and I was drinking, of course. And then we, I entered. I think you had a Casey shirt on or something. You had a a special pass thing. And then somebody shooed the guys away. Mm-hmm. And then you came up to order. And then I was like, "Who are you?" Hold up. Because in my memory, in my false memory okay. right, right now, all right, go ahead. I thought Chris Vogt introduced us. Maybe because, but this all you know could what? be woven together. You know what, though, what? you're right. But it was way before that, so I hadn't seen you in a long time. I right. think Chris did. That's right, because of Pi. Because of Pi, and I did some stuff for Pi. And he also is an artist and did yeah. he and his brother. And he came to one of my events at mm-hmm. EP. So, damn it, it was more romantic with the Motorhead. <sighs> it was. With Motorhead being the reason. So, we've probably known, because Chris, Chris is an ex-boyfriend of mine. He and I dated from like 08 to 010. And so, 2008 or nine. or 9 is yeah. when you and I met. So, we've known each other for a very long time. I know. And it's so crazy. But I take credit for you <laughs> here. Why? Because I told you that you needed to stay in St. Louis and okay, not take yes. that shitty radio job in Cape Girardeau. Oh my God, you're, no, you are so right. No, well, okay. Yes, I'm glad we're talking about this because I did. with the recent changes of me going from morning drive to afternoon drive, mm-hmm. I was reflecting on how I even am. And I was thinking about, I had that. St- Stupid Cape Girardeau job offer, and I also had Little Rock, Arkansas. Offering. I remember that one too. You told me you had them both around the same time. Around, yeah, it was like 2011, <clears throat> and I came over to see you one random day. We were here. doing something. There was something I wanted you to do for Evil Prince. I don't remember what it was. Well, well, there was <laughs> the time I wore just an apron for Evil Prince, and oh, you saw my ass. I did, yes, walking jo- around. I did. You you used that photo I saw. No, I know that it's hung cool. up in that Tim's office. <laughs> it's a great thing to have in your office of your wife. If that's yes. your wife in your office, Tim had that up in his office <laughs> when we were dating <laughs> in, in a conservative radio office, no, nonetheless. That's great, isn't that awesome? See. It lived in a special way. It did. Instead of a filthy way. No, it really did. And you know what? About that, because what was that for? That was for... We I were s- doing a promo for our, one of our classes. Yeah. That we were doing in silkscreen printing. And you had all these beautiful people come up. Like, I see the chick in the bikini behind us here for Print Bangers Ball, which is what it was for, I That's think. That's what it was, yeah. And so you were like, hey, would you be well, cool? I was hanging out with a lot of those strippers. <laughs> Were they strippers? They're gorgeous. So well, they're strippers. Makes sense. Yeah. Strippers. I mean, I call burlesque performers strippers. I'm glad that I was a part of those chicks. That's old EP. Yeah. That's old Evil Prince days. When I got there, because this is while I was still dating Chris. That's and that's right. where I met Josh, who I yeah. love so much. He's he's an amazing He's a very talented guy. He's going to be on this podcast in the future. Oh, you want to talk about it. He's fantastic. He's the most amazing. For anyone out there that's listening that doesn't know, Josh, every forehand's can that you see mm-hmm. that's his art he's on every single one he's amazing he is one of the most talented people he also did that thing for the rams <laughs> when they were still here all the superhero 
Rams billboards. That was all Josh. He did our Point Fest <laughs> graphics. He's amazing. And One of the most talented people I've ever been around. Aside from just the graphic work, his photography on the along the border of the United States into Mexico oh, beautiful. is gorgeous. So yeah. he will be on eventually Very as well. Very talented. That day, whenever he was shooting the photos, right? So mm-hmm. I literally get here. I have Nikki Six hair. You did have Nikki Six You're like, Six hey, hair. put these red extensions in. Put them in. <laughs> and then I go, okay, what am I going to be wearing? You know, I'm like 25. And you go, okay, I just want you to wear this apron, this this printmaker's apron. And you that- put it on over your stuff. I go, no, just the apron. Just the apron. <laughs> <laughs> and and combat boots, and I'm like, yeah. wait, so my ass is hanging out, and you're and you're like, yeah, but I gotta say, it was not creepy at all, and it was so much fun, and I never, I would never say that I have These been th- that naked in front of people I didn't know, and I felt 100 percent comfortable. These are the powers that I yield. You have many a power, <laughs> not anymore, but, but, <laughs> but I did back it. then. Back then, I had a lot of powers. <laughs> so okay, so we're slowly doing our chronologic uh, okay, relationship so, here. So that was probably twenty, and then Motorhead. So it was around Motorhead. Motorhead. So that night. So what happened was uh, Monday Night Metal. Right. You had me on Monday Night Metal. We did. I oh. was there when Tom had you on. That's like one of my life dreams. Did you ever came- get audio from that? No. Oh, that's a shame. I would love to have that. So <laughs> it's just, you start going down memory lane. But that night yeah. is part of the reason why I'm no longer teaching. Why? Well, I left teaching almost 10 years From ago. From WashU. I taught at like two or three places. I taught at Mizzou for like three and a half years, and I taught at Jefferson College for a year. And, and at the very end of it, I taught at uh, WashU for like 11 years. Yeah. I barfed in front of an entire freshman class of architecture students. <laughs> Why? The, I didn't go to bed that night. That's the night I met Lemmy. Oh, my God. That night. Okay, so the way that it happened. Tell me the story. Okay, yeah. so here's what happened. So you were there for Casey. Mm-hmm. By the time I saw you, I was feeling pretty good. Right. Okay. It's Motorhead. Night. It's the loudest show. First yeah. of all, I've seen Motorhead 46 times, mm-hmm. okay? And that's since I was 15 years old, all right? <laughs> They're my number one favorite band. Everybody knows that about me. Well, when I get to the show, I had done the marquee, marquee poster for Monday Night Metal yes. at the pageant. Yeah. Okay? 2008. 2008, which was a dream come true. I had never done any art for, for Motorhead. I'd done for other bands like The Roots and stuff like right. that. But Motorhead's my, my, my band. So I got so excited when they asked me to do that. I was like, oh, my God, it's Monday Night Metal. Oh, my God, it's Motorhead. Oh, my God, they're in St. Louis because they hadn't been to St. Louis in years. Right. So I, I was like, when the fuck do you need the art? I had it like the next day. And I'm looking at how intricate it is. How long did it take you to actually make that? I went, I drew that in like a night. I was so jacked up. But that's a woodcut. No. No? I didn't draw. I didn't carve that. That's okay. just a drawing. When I do commercial stuff, I just draw it. Got it. So, and then Josh and I sat down the next day, put it all together graphic design-wise, and I gave it to, gave it to Jesse. He was like, oh, my God, I just asked you to do this. I go, hey, man, it's Motorhead. So, <laughs> like, I haven't slept 48 hours. Then, like, three, three months later, five months later, whatever it was, they put it up. I drove, like, I've had work in museums all over the world. You have. I would, like, dr- I drove by the pageant, like, twice a week, you know, looking right. at it, like, oh, my God, this is the baddest-ass <laughs> thing. I was so excited. And I show up to the gig that night, and it was gone. The, all the art had been taken down mm. that night. I was like, what the fuck? Where'd it go? Well, hang on. Okay. So, I was kind of <laughs> bummed out, 
And I was like, all right, this is, it's a Motorhead show. I got, I'm, it's, I'm, I can't think about it too much. I can't dwell too much on that. So went to the show. It's great. So Motorhead's the loudest band in the world was the loudest band in the mm. world. It's weird talking about them in the past tense. I know. I'm on the second level of the pageant. It's about three quarters of the way through the show. And this woman comes up to me and she grabs my arm and she's like, it's so loud. Obviously she's like, oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she's like, are you Tom Hunk? I go, yeah. She's like, come with me. And so she grabs me and she takes me downstairs over the side. We're going. I, I was thinking, I didn't do shit. Why right. am I being kicked yeah, out of the fucking show? Out. So she gets, takes me off into the back, into the green room. And I was like, what? She's like, oh, my God. Are you Tom Hawk? I go, yeah. She's like, do you have any idea how hard it is to find a fat, white, bald guy in a motorhead shirt <laughs> at a motorhead yeah. show? I go, kind of, kind of. So, and she's like, Lemmy wants to meet you. I go, what? What? She's like, they, the band wants to meet you. They loved your artwork. I was in shock. Yeah. You just, this is like when your favorite bands when you're growing up. I've gotten to meet quite a few famous people. Over the years. But, like, this is a different level of, like, you, you go into an immediate, oh, my God, there's an immediate personal connection. Right. They wanted to meet me. Mm-hmm. That's very different than standing online at Riverport. Yeah. You know. And no, I know. It's like realizing and seeing in person physical form your imaginary friends. Yes. It's exactly like. So, now, keep in mind, I was already feeling pretty good. Right. I've, I've been drinking. It's a motorhead It's a motorhead show. It's a great so. time. So I go, they take me to the side of the stage. So I'm standing there right by Lemmy's bases. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I look at one of them, and I never had seen this in real life. I had heard about it, but he plays a Rickenbacker bass. Mm-hmm. His, his Rickenbacker basses, they didn't say Rickenbacker at the top. They said Rickenbastard. And I was oh like, God, that's, that's the coolest so awesome. fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> so, and I'm like 10 feet away from Lemmy. And I had already seen him probably 25 times at the, since I was 15. They, this woman takes me back to the, the greeting area, the green room. And I'm waiting around and Mickey D comes in and Phil Campbell comes in, the guitar player and the drummer. And I was just still blown away. And it takes Lemmy a while. And Lemmy finally comes in. And, and so what happened was I saw this dude, one of their roadie guys, bring in a crate of booze and they had tables and i don't know why they drank there that night they stayed they had tables and they just put it out and i'm like well so they had (laughs) they had crate a crate a crate and one bottle and the one bottle was lemmy's okay so they i'm like well fuck it i'm gonna start drinking now i'm supposed to teach at eight o'clock in the morning where wash you wash you got it it's this is a wednesday night i think or thursday night so who cares? Who cares? I'm like, hey, fuck it. And I was in my motorhead shirt and shit. So, <laughs> as usual. And so, what ended up happening was, in comes Lemmy. I'd already, I was like, I'm going to drink what, how they're drinking. Pounding. Beer, whiskey. Are you by yourself? Beer. I'm by myself. Beer, whiskey, beer, whiskey, beer, whiskey. On and on and on. And, and then finally, Lemmy comes in, and I am like, just overwhelmed. And, and he comes up to me. He's like, she, the woman goes, this is, this is Huck. He did the, the art. He's like, good job. You know, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then he goes over to the pinball machine and starts playing. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to go over and fucking talk to him. Right. This is Lemmy, man. This is it. This is it. So I go talk to, to him, and I, I was so, like, 
when you come face to face with like God, you wonder what you're going to say. Yeah. And so Lemmy is God. And so I, I couldn't think of anything to say other than, did you, is it true you really saw Buddy Holly when you were like 10 years old? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I did. And then I started, then I kind of relaxed, you know, because he doesn't say much. And then I started talking to him about like Civil War shit because he's a big war right. fan. He was a big war fan. And I was like, have you ever been to Gettysburg? And he was like, he was like, looks at me, he's like, it's a field. And so it's like that British dry humor. And then I was like, well, thanks, man. It was awesome meeting you. And he's like, good work. It was good. I wish I could draw like that. That's oh. what he said, right? Let me say that. Oh, and so I was like, so oh, cool. my God. Oh, my God. So the band had left. Well, the roadies stay. And they're still drinking some of them, mm-hmm. like their sound guy. And I kept drinking. It's now probably 2 in the morning, and they're getting ready to leave. And I realized I can't feel my fucking legs. Right. You're gone. I couldn't feel my legs. Managed to get up, walked down Skinker. To watch you. Because I knew I had to teach. And I passed out in the office, in the printmaking That's office. That's smart. That was very responsible right. well, of you. Well, the other professor came in the morning. They all knew what was going on that week. I'm still in my motorhead right. shit. I'm I'm still drunk. That day, that day we had to do these stupid student reviews where all the kids come in and they put their work up on slide presentations in the dark room. They turn the I'm sitting there. They turn the lights off. The art is on the wall and they start talking and the a, the AC kicks in. And I'm just like, "Oh my, this is so I'm not going to make it." And I'm I'm at the back. And P- the t- other professors are staring at me. Are, are you a full-fledged professor? I'm a professor. Or, okay, I was okay. a professor there. You have to have your shit together. I have my shit together, yeah. kind of. So <laughs> about 20 minutes in, I had to puke. No. So Bixby Hall is a long hall. It's right on the corner of Skinker and Forsyth. It's the okay. building with the statue out in front of it, directly across from the art museum area. So I ran through the art school, and they were renovating Steinberg Hall, and there's a room full of, you had to go through a temporary room full of architecture students to get to the bathroom, and I didn't make it. And I grabbed the trash can. There's a group of freshman architecture kids sitting there, and I'm like, here comes me in a motor engine. I'm like, grab the trash can. I'm like, chunk, 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 cough, 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 right in front of this class. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I just closed up the trash bag, took the trash bag with me, and I went home. During that evening, I I left the part out. Their their road um, manager, uh, Dan um, Hallcroft, he approached me and was like, here, man. The band loves your work. We want you to do some stuff for us, some posters for other gigs, and we maybe a, a backdrop for a German tour. And I was just dying. He goes, here's your pass. He, he handed me a VIP pass. He's like, this is all access. You can see and go wherever you want for the next two years. Come to any gig for the next two years. Wow. And he goes, why don't you come to Germany and do some posters and go with us? <laughs> I mean, right? crying. Go with us on the road yeah. with Motorhead. Can you imagine that? No, I can't. I can't. So I <laughs> made the arrangements, and I so in December, I flew to Germany. That's so cool. And landed there, and they took me, a car picked me up and took me right to the first gig in Hanover. I saw Motorhead 
14 times in 16 days, and I did a bunch of art for them. And then, do you just get art supplies in I Germany? I had them ready. To you go. had you had a whole I had bag packed. Ready to wow! Go. And they had uh, and also, how do you find where to print this stuff in Germany? You just like decide. Uh, they had uh, kinkos and shit like that. I was unreachable. <laughs> so in my, I kind of got fired at Watch You, but I kind of wanted out because I started getting really busy. Yeah. With the non school <laughs> work with Motorhead and other gigs that were not art school related. Mm-hmm. So. I had, like, Sculpture Park, the Laumeier Sculpture Park stuff, and I was doing a lot of shows, and I was about to have to choose between teaching and, and my studio right. career. When I was a kid, I didn't want to be a professor. I wanted to be an artist. Yeah. So, you well, made the right choice, Well, when I way. came back, I got in a bunch of trouble because they had tried to get in touch with me, and in my file, my lawyer <laughs> told me that in my file at WashU, the last thing it says is, was unreachable while on tour with the band Motorhead. That's in my official file. That needs to be framed somewhere. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> I have one other Lemmy story, and it gets to like, so do you like Def Leppard? I do. Why did you hesitate? I hesitate because I don't love Def Leppard. See, I, like I love Def Leppard. I know you do. And people make fun of me because no, I like No, no one Def should Leppard. make fun of you. They're an excellent band. My God, Rick Allen has one arm. Yeah, but see, I liked them before that, too. Well, but I like them with it, without, I like them without the arm, and I like them with the arm. You're a true fan. No, I like Def Leppard just fine. Are you going to Bush when they're here? Probably not, because okay. I don't like stadium shows. I don't. <laughs> but and So I get a lot of shit for being a huge... Pyromania is the first album I ever bought. Look, you don't have money. to sell me. I okay. hear about. I hear enough about Pyromania every day. I bet you do. <laughs> I bet you do. So, well, I have 10 different versions of it. On I have, That's right. I, I you have, told me this I have the before. British... I have the British vinyl pressing on Vertigo. Yep. I have the both Japanese pressings, first pressings. I have the American pressings of it on vinyl. I could tell you the difference between the British CD mix of Pyromania versus the American shitty one and all that stuff. Why do you love Def Leppard so much? What is it that makes you your uh, head ring? Because it's one of the it's number one I bought it because of the album cover for Pyromania. I didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. I admit, I hadn't I think maybe I had heard a Rock of Ages on Casey when I was 12. Okay? <laughs> and I hadn't heard Motor yet, Motorhead yet, and I liked hard rock. Right. See, they're not a metal band. They get lumped into the metal thing. That's why they get so much shit. They're a hard rock band. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. There's a Motorhead, here's a Motorhead Lemmy Def Leppard story. So we were in <laughs> Germany at a bar, and they were on tour with some band, some shitty opening act. I don't know who they were. I can, I, I'm not going to name them. But this one young dude, we were in the bar, and Lemmy was, like, just sitting there briefly. He wasn't going to be around very long. And it was a venue. It was the venue bar. And Def Leppard comes in on over the sound system. And this dude was pretty drunk. And he was like, fuck Def Leppard. Fuck them. They're pussies. They're a bunch of, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and he kept going on and on and on about it. And Lemmy's just sitting there smoking and sort of drinking. <laughs> And this guy kind of fell into him a little bit, so it kind of annoyed him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then they pulled the guy away, and he kept going on about Def Leppard, Def Leppard, Def Leppard sucks. Fuck Def Leppard. They're a bunch of pussies. They, they write shit music. Their music's shit. And I'm keeping my mouth shut. And Lemmy stopped. He goes, he grabbed him by the arm. He goes, hey, you know how hard it is to get millions of people to sing along with your songs? Oh. And the dude just shut up. From the mouth of God. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Lemmy's a Def Leppard fan. <laughs> or, or he was just sticking up 
for music in, in general. In general. He's a big music fan. He's a huge Pat Benatar fan, too. Did you love Hawkwind at ever? I love Hawkwind, but I didn't get to Hawkwind until after I figured out who Motorhead was. Right. That's the way I kind was. Kind of retroactive. I was from Pot- I'm from Potosi, man, and, and there was no Google. Right. Okay. You had to go find your, your music. I love that way, though. I'm glad, I'm glad there was no Google. You, you know what I'm saying? You had to go. If I heard something on Casey, I'd sit there with my tape player. I would tape it off of the radio. Right. And then on shitty cassettes, if they managed to play it again within 24 hours, oh, big, huge deal. Or named it or back sold Sometimes it. Sometimes they didn't name it. Yeah. You had to go find that shit. And right. then when you found it, it was a huge deal. So Monday Night Metal... I don't know what year Monday Night Metal started. It was in the 80s. Mid-80s, probably 85, 86. Radical, Radical Rich. Rich. Rich Dalton. That was religion to metalheads in Potosi, <laughs> Missouri, because they didn't play it anywhere else. Right. And it was once a week. I had heard Motorhead, pro- uh, I think, on Monday Night Metal, but I really heard them on when my grandma got MTV. Why is that? My gra- <laughs> All the old people had MTV because they had cable. Right. The Young Ones, it was a TV show, a British punk rock TV show that MTV was rebroadcasting, and Motorhead exploded through the wall like the Kool-Aid man playing Ace of Spades, and I was like, who is that? And then I went and I begged my parents to drive me to St. Louis, an hour north, to go to Peaches, and they had an import section, and I got overkill. Isn't that crazy? It was a journey, and then you get it. And you, you play it, it was a vinyl, it was vinyl, and you sit there, you look at the picture, you read the lyric sheet, you look at the pictures on the inside of it, and you listen to it, and you found it, you went and got it. Now you just click and download it. Right. It's a completely it different experience. It's very sanitizing. My generation grew up in the 90s. I remember doing the waiting for a song to play, not knowing who it was, having mm-hmm. to figure it out, have to sing it to was the it guy like or girl. Was Spears or something? No, it was like 90s grunge. Oh, you're trying to be all cool. I See, am I like, cool. I like Britney Spears. I do too, but Whoever that's wrote who I was Whoever wrote those songs for. are incredible writers. <laughs> it's like the Bee Gees, man. The Bee Gees were Don't amazing even get me writers. started on the you Bee, like Bee, Gees? Bee Gees. I love the Bee Gees. Of course. I love disco. And I'm not afraid to disco. say that shit on Casey. Disco I tell people, rules. Disco Inferno. The freaking tramps. tramps. Yes. You know who else is a big disco freak? Who? Dave Grohl. He loves disco. You, she just shuddered. She no, just, I, I, I'm, you, I'm a shut. That's orgasmic. You know I, who? We have a cat named Dave Growl. That's awesome. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting another cat in addition to my cat. We have six. Do you? Things. Are these her cats or everybody's cats? There are cats. Oldest cat. When I started Danjin, when Rasta died two years ago, she was 27 years old. Oh, my God. It was God. the oldest cat in North America. Rasta's, it's, you can prove it, there's papers. 27. 27. My cat's four. You got a long way to go. You got a long way to go. I love her. I love your motorhead stories so much because that is such a part of you like you come here they're they're still so alive here and i i read that global merchandising was the deal that got you to open up to not just motorhead but the roots a perfect circle no is that wrong your wikipedia page is wrong okay the roots came in 2002 when that album came out phrenology i got a call randomly from la First commercial gig ever was the, I didn't know who they were. I, that was their breakout it album. It was huge. Yeah. It was huge. And I did it in about a week. Didn't think anything about it. They paid me. They wired the money to my bank account before I had drawn a line. MCA wow. Records did. And so I didn't know who they were. I went out to L.A., met with some people. 
couple of the guys from the band, Questlove and stuff. And and then I started figuring out these guys are kind of a big deal. Yeah. And so I did it, sent it away, and then like six months later, the album came out. And it was huge. It I was bought that huge. album. huge. Yeah. And everywhere. It was everywhere for a couple of years. And then they came to St. Louis, mm-hmm. and it was the backdrop that they, they when they play live, so the awesome. whole art. Imagine your art behind, like, these bands like that. It's just far out, man. And I never, I had this, I was starting to do stuff for music bands a little bit then but i had this museum career they're different worlds Mm -hmm. there's illustration it's more commercial and then there's the museum stuff where i'm just going into the studio and cranking out crazy stuff out of my which do you enjoy more the studio stuff there's a lot of pressure in the in the uh a different kind of pressure in the commercial band stuff like a perfect circle yeah jesus christ they were I had to redo that thing probably 12 times. And it's the band telling you to make tweaks? Yes. Yeah. They hated my first one. They hated the second one. Then they took part of the first one, wanted it mixed with part of the third one. How did, well, then how did they come to you? How did they get to you? Through Global. Through Global. Okay. So after Motorhead, after, the, after the, the Motorhead poster for the pageant management, like um, man, Motorhead Management at, at um, it's Todd, Todd Singerman and Glow, and then they worked with Global Merchandising, and they knew who I was after that, and then my name was bandied about probably, and I had done a few things, and then after Lemmy died, mm-hmm. Global contacted me to do legacy stuff for oh, the wow. band. So I've done a few things after that. I did one design that Lemmy had approved, which I have. Mm. At home, I have Lemmy's drawing telling me what to do. That's so cool. Is it framed yeah. or you're in a special place? Or, like, where do you put that? i got to frame that up still. It's in, a, in one of my drawers. That, I bet your house is so awesome. It's, it's pretty cool rad. Stuff. You and Tim should come down. Well, you need to invite and us. And then she could coach you about cats. No, I would Jen love Jen to do that. You'd love our cats. You want me to name all of them? Yeah. Bubba, Honey Bun, Dave Growl, Meow Meow, Wurzel, who was a guitarist from Motorhead, <laughs> Scrappy, and gray cat. Gray cat. What's up with that's that? That's the outside cat. We <laughs> want to leave, but doesn't. All the rest are inside. So what is it like being a, you're a girl dad. That's, I know. That's and a new most hashtag. Most people that know me, most of the women that know me are like, when they found out I was having a daughter, they're like, ah! Right. <laughs> oh, now's the payback. No, though. Your girls are the sweetest. They're great. Young ladies. They're great. Clementine. Delilah wants to be a doc. Clementine's an artist. She's yeah. the younger one. She's a bass player. Clementine, I bought her a bass. I went found an early Gene Simmons-style bass. Mm-hmm. That was her Christmas present a couple years ago. And for one all-Christmas weekend, it was like in the other room. Another one bites the dust? For eight hours. <laughs> She's got to figure it out. Yeah, man. We bought her a little, I bought her a little amp. Oh, that's so it's cool. cool. I want her to just fucking rock out. She's going to. I She's want her to have a band it. and get huge. Yeah. So that I don't have to do shit. Right. I want her to have a huge rock band. I hope that you're nurturing that. I'm trying. She is going through a twisted sister phase right now. Oh, my God. I love it. It's pretty amazing. Do you see yourself in your kids? I see Clementine, yes. Mm-hmm. Delilah's her mom. Okay. Um, But... Clementine's the middle finger. 
<laughs> Dude, it's a fight sometimes. Like, she just doesn't want to fucking what if get she... up in the morning. She doesn't want to listen to anybody. Right. She wants to do what she wants to do the way she wants to do it and draw and play bass all day. I don't play any any instruments, but she's got a little more deluxe <laughs> than me. She's got the drawing. She can draw, and she can play and sing, man. That's so cool. Yeah. Grandfather died... Um, on Christmas night. This past Christmas? Yes. Oh my my, God. Her, her mom's dad. And the last thing she did, he, they wanted her to come in and sing Hey Jude to him. <sighs> you want to talk about? Just, she made it through that? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's hard anyway, just singing that song to yeah. anyone. Yeah. But Dying Wish? Yeah, it was his last thing. I got away with one with Clementine. See, Clementine, and I knew... Clemmy is short, so it's Lemmy, Blair. Clemmy. This is, what if she But I tried to have Zappa Lemmy. in there as one of the, like, third when the nurse Ann caught it. <laughs> the, it, was, it was Clementine Towns Zappa Huck. And That's they, pretty cool. They, they X'd out that they were like, Ann was like, Tom, you can't put that in there. It was like, I thought she was kind of on drugs, you know. That and, she would just let it happen. Yeah, I thought, and it didn't, she didn't. Clementine's didn't the eldest. Youngest. Of- She's the youngest, so Delilah was first. Delilah's an athlete. Delilah, her first music crush was Journey. Her first concert was Journey. Steve Miller Band opened up for Journey, Journey. The, Delilah's first concert. So she never got to see Steve Perry no. era. They're too no. young. Okay, no, way too young. Her second show was the Foo Fighters. And what did she think about that? Oh, so great. Great. They put on a hell of it. I'm going to see him at Boston the- Calling Festival in a couple really? weeks. Yeah. You know what? I'm pissed about you. I'm jealous. Why? Because you saw ELO. Twice. Oh. Once in Chicago, and then I went to Madison Square Garden and saw Jeff. I'm, I'm obsessed with ELO's Jeff Lynn. fantastic. Yes. There's no I've interviewed Bev Bevins. Really? Yes. You know, he was he drummed for Black Sabbath. I don't think on I the knew Born this. Again album, the terrible one, the baby, the puking devil baby on the cover. Yeah. That's Bev Bevins on Okay, that. I didn't know that part. Yeah. He wrote Mr. Blue Sky. Really? Yes. My favorite. Yellow's pretty good. They're so good. I'm dying. I keep tweeting at Jeff Lynn, being like, please come to St. Louis. This is the last thing. We're thinking about going. Wherever you have are. to go. And I sound like a crazy person. It's a total hits show. You'll know every song. Every song oh. is worth it. Traveling Woolberries, he plays a song. I know. I get, there's a live album that came out that has those on there. It's so great. And he's, his voice, the whole time I've been alive, he has not toured. I Whenever they announced the tour, like 2017, I guess it was. No, 2018. Mm-hmm. I looked at him, I'm like, we have to go to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So we went. I'm crying. Yeah. We're as close as you we could be. You don't ever imagine hearing those things live. Mm-mm. You know? And sounding exactly as... What was your first concert? My first concert was the Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, hey. The okay, now I'm believing you more with the... Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness Ooh. Tour, 1996, at your alma mater, Carbondale, Illinois. Oh, that's where I went to college. You were probably in college when I was at what that show. Was that? that was 96. Nope, I was out. I've okay. been out for two, three years. I was obsessed with the Smashing Pumpkins whenever I was a kid. Yeah. I was in sixth grade. I begged my mom. <laughs> I don't even know how I realized. I think uh, there's a radio station called uh, WTAO down in Carbondale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think right. 105.1. Mm-hmm. They, and I would listen to them all the time, and then they said, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, coming to whatever the arena was down there. And I'm like, 
mom, I, I really want to go to this concert. And she's, my mom's cool. She's like, okay. And she like bought tickets for my friend Rhiannon and I took us. Rhiannon. Rhiannon, named after the Fleetwood Mac <laughs> wow, song. wow. We had this. We bought the. I wish I still had it because I collect all these vintage tour shirts. It's worth a fortune, probably. Yep, it's three hundred dollars. Oh my god! It's zero with the star, like Billy Corgan wore. Obsessed, saw it. That double album. What happened to the shirt? I just got older and threw it out because I'm an idiot. I had a Def Leppard one like that. The women on the Hysteria tour. I saw that. Oh my god! And at the Checker Dome. But you know what my first show was? What? Prince. The Purple Rain Tour. I'm so jealous. My mom, my mom and dad dropped us off, me and Julie Wright, at the fucking Checker Dome in 1985. I was... You're 15? 14. 14 years old. They just, oh, we'll pick you up in an hour or two. It's down on Hampton. Right. Okay, at the Checker Dome, man. That was my first show. Second one was Ario Speedwagon. Of course it was. With Fabulous Thunderbirds. Oh, open, my. Which was fantastic. At the Checker Dome again? No, that was at the Keel Auditorium. Mm. That's so much fun. Yeah. I'm so jealous you saw Prince. Isn't it crazy? I, I'm having... I don't remember enough because when your first concert, you don't know. It's so much to take in. Yeah, yeah. It's sensory overload. Sheila E. was the opening act. She's badass anyway. But, yeah, I'm, I have a whole, like, I'm a fan of... Metal, mm-hmm. blues, mm-hmm. and Prince. He's his own thing. Yeah. And he's his own thing. And most, I found that most metal musicians love, love Prince. Prince. That makes sense. Because he's the best. He's the, he is the best. best. He's one of the best guitarists. Best fuck ever. Yeah. Did you see that thing? The fucking Hall of, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, my, my guitar gently weeps. George Harrison Benefit. Did you see it? I did. He throws, he throws the guitar up and Where'd it doesn't it come down. No, it doesn't come down. He doesn't fucking come down, man. <laughs> Where did it go? I don't There's know. There's another video of him doing Kiss live with uh, Larry Graham of like Sly and the Family Stone and James Brown and all that shit. And he's doing a bass. He's playing the bass on it. And he finishes his part to start singing and he throws the bass it's on YouTube. He throws the bass on the ground, and it comes sitting upright to the person that catches it. Magical. Yeah. He was otherworldly. He was. He was from, he was a Martian or mm-hmm. something. He and David Bowie, I yeah. firmly believe, are. They're from another planet. From another man. time. Yeah. I'm just now, I was talking about this earlier on the show. I, I'm just now getting into David Bowie's catalog. There's In my a life. lot to chew on. Yeah. There's periods of David Bowie that I, I just. It still hasn't hit me. I, I'm not a fan of the early, early stuff before he, before Z, mm-hmm. which is there's an early BBC like sessions that is really good. That's kind of getting me in that direction. You know, yeah. We could talk about fucking music. We all could night long. You time for another shot? Let's do another shot. <laughs> you right. pour it this time. All right. I so will. I want to talk about your art okay because i think that's very important very important to you <laughs> yeah you i remember you telling me a story when you were a little kid you drew a skeleton yeah when you were like in fifth grade or something yeah. itty bitty and that's kind of when you began to understand that there was something going on there yeah well i mrs simpson my <laughs> kindergarten teacher she had an assignment one day draw something from home <laughs> right and out of your head right and i drew a skeleton my dad 
was a was burying bodies back in the day. <laughs> my dad was a chiropractor, and we had a real human skeleton. Oh my god! Her name was Marilyn, hanging in our house. And when we'd eat dinner, there's Marilyn, right, hanging out with us. And it was like Miss Simpson saw. I was like, what? <laughs> and if you look at it, you can see it on my website. It turns out it looks exactly like this illustration from the 1500s, the first woodcut illustration of a skeleton. Almost exactly like it. It's weird. And I didn't know that until years and years later. So, yeah, that's the first one of the first times I ever got any negative, semi-positive attention for the work. Like, people were like, oh, my God! But they were also, like, very impressed at the same time. Yeah, because I could draw it from my head. I like that you say on your website, um, disgusting the masses since 1995. <laughs> That's what I do. And and really, your uh, your prints, is it prints? I feel, They're prints, okay. yes. I feel weird because I don't know what to call them. People get confused. They're not posters. They're right. hand-printed on old-fashioned presses, and I carve the stuff out of wood blocks. And then you put ink onto them, you're basically making stamps. Yes. The big ones take four years to do. The small ones, maybe a month, you know, that's amazing. Why would you take so much time? Like, why, what is it about? Because I think a lot of people go, four years to make this 10-foot-tall print. I don't, I don't, I would rather draw it. Like, what is it about You can make copies. Carving? You can make more than one, and they're limited editions. And so when somebody gets one of those, it's like an original. Right. It's like an original. It's pressed into the paper. Right. So it is, it is considered an original work of art, and it's a way to reach larger amounts of people getting an original piece of art in front of them. That's why disgusting the masses. Mm-hmm. Printmaking is known as like an art for the masses. So back in the day, my, back in the 1400s, 1500s, there were all these cool artists. One of them's Albrecht Durer, Cranick, Balding. Well, all of them did dark, crazy shit that any one of Durer's prints could have been an album cover for Iron Maiden. <laughs> and they were done 400 years before. Wow. Because of that medieval dark, the plague. Right. The plague was, was great for art making. Devils and whores of Babylon and knights fighting dragons and all that shit that a 13-year-old boy would love. Do you have any of their art at your house? No, because they're too expensive. Where, where is their art? Like what? Museums. Like, I mean, but like big museums, like the Louvre. Like where is it at? Like All of those. Yeah. The Met, <laughs> the Louvre, the St. Louis Art Museum, the National Gallery of Art, you know. What's cool is I've had shows with some of those people. And, no. the, like, the art museum here, they put my stuff up with I all my heroes. From, Isn't that so cool? It's like, very cool. You have to be so – I'm so proud to know you. You keep saying that. Let me tell you something. The best part of it, the best thing was so when I was a kid, I was like 12, 13. There was a lot that happened around that time. I – my mom and dad – they would bring me to the St. Louis Art Museum once a year mm-hmm. because we lived an hour away and they had right. five kids. That's, and my dad worked six days a week. They would bring me once a year and we would go to the print and drawing room within a, by appointment to look at doors and all these things. How did you know about these I things? I read about them. I was looking that stuff up when I was really young. And so and my mom and dad would bring me once a year and then in – and probably 30 years later, I had a show there. So cool. How, can you imagine my parents? Like, yeah, what are, your, are your parents still alive? Yeah. What did they think of you? They, they're just starting to figure out <laughs> what it is that I do. Like, I, but when I talk, on, when I'm in the paper or in a magazine or on TV sometimes, 
for whatever. Or in Penthouse magazine. Or yeah, there's that. Mom's I got I, that framed in her living room, probably. <laughs> Which, no. by the way, Tim needs his copy still. Uh, you know what? Shit. I took my last copy of it to Texas, and it's on its way back right now. I could give it to you tonight. Damn it. I will get you one of those. We'll get get together again. So Penthouse in July, August came out, Mm -hmm. and I had a big big thing about me. Thanks. I'm so proud to you. You should be proud. It's cool as hell, man. My mom, I did a whole, one of my pieces was about the first day that I saw tits Mm -hmm. on June 15th, 1983, (laughs) at 2.30 in the afternoon. (laughs) Whose tits were they? Stephanie. Who's Stephanie? Stephanie, was, she was a senior in high school. This is your in, girlfriend. No. I was in fourth grade. She oh was my a God. senior in high school. I was at the Potosi City Pool. I spent four years making art about this. It's one of my big triptychs. About Stephanie's breasts? Yes. And, it, and uh, this is... This I, is... Made, I made the print about it. I, I spent four years thinking about the first day I saw it. And it was a big deal. She was... She was gorgeous, yeah. and she was the lifeguard at the pool. This is the sandlot. It kind of is. And <laughs> when I was under, I had my snorkel and my goggles, Yeah. and I was in the shallow end. Super hot. And she got off the, her perch and dove in, and I was underwater facing the deep end. Mm-hmm. And when she hit the water, her top came down for a half second, and I saw her boobs. Yeah. And I was like, gulp. <laughs> You're drowning at this I'm point. I'm dying. Yeah. And so 30... <laughs> Years later, I spent four years making... I know that print. You know, the Tommy Peepers. Yep. Yeah. And weirdness surrounds that, man. I could tell you what was on the radio when I saw... How do you have this memory? I bet you if you asked him the first time he saw tits... I'm going to ask him when I go exactly home tonight. I'm going to say... Ask him. Tom wants first... to... I'm going to text you what he says. Do it. I, he'll know. And... <laughs> Me, I have an outlet for this stuff. So. Yeah. So your family's just now kind of coming around to what you do. And by the way, I, I've always had this idea that you were an only child. You have four siblings? I'm the oldest of five. Oh, my God. What do your siblings do? Two chiropractors, one school teacher, and one counselor. So that's... Like a, like a, a um, rehab counselor. Got it. So Delilah is definitely on the huck end of like doctorisms, oh, yeah, and then and your like that, Clementine is taking your artistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's well, interesting. But the thing is, my mom and dad are badass bluegrass musicians. Oh, really? They used to open up for. You know who Bill Monroe is? I'm not a bluegrass. Blue fan. Moon of Kentucky. Okay. He wrote that Elvis's first hit. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, every time, and there's a big statue of Bill Monroe out in front of the Grand Ole Opry. Oh. Okay. He's the he invented bluegrass music. Okay. So he would my mom and dad would open up his shows when he'd come through Missouri in the mid eighties. So all of our all of my childhood was spent like weekends was bluegrass. Fucking bluegrass festival. Do you still listen to bluegrass? I do now. I hated it when I was a kid. I was yeah. like, kiss, you know, and <laughs> I didn't I thought it was fucking terrible. But when I got older and realized how amazing it is and there's a, it's the basis of whatever we like, you know, yeah. blues and bluegrass. Right. So, yeah, my mom and dad, they're all musicians. I'm the only one that doesn't play anything. But, yeah, you're the most rock and roll probably, probably out They're of not all of rock them. and roll. <laughs> Trust me. They are not. There are no rock and roll members of my family. Like, what does Although your... they drink like fish. Do they? My, my dad, when he retired, put a pub in his basement. Nice. Not a Not tiki, a bar. Right. little tiki bar. A real English pub. Good for him. And they have beers on tap. Yeah. And it's 
That's like my parents' basement. They have a they have a sports bar in their basement, but it's a bar. It's a re- I like that. Yeah. And all my mom and dad do a drink. That's what they do now. They do you retire. drink with them? No. Nah, I don't drink like I used to. Mm. I don't drink as near like when I met you. <laughs> like that was a, Well, you and I both were like I luscious. Was on a mission to do as much bad shit as I possibly could. But I was making a lot of work, too. See, you say that, but then, like, you're one of... You look like you should be some sort of asshole, but you are one of the nicest guys. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anybody's ever no, said to me. You really are. Like, you look like you should be a lot harder, like, spirited. That is the nicest thing. They're laughing that you said that. I, because Get they- out of here, you guys. <laughs> Delaney. No, um... <laughs> No, you are. Like, I've always thought that. Like, and I like that. I like that hard exterior, and then you're all gooey on the inside. Gooey? Yeah, you're gooey butter cake, That's baby. terrible. For real, man. Not to, like, burst, not to burst your cool bubble, but you really are. <laughs> you're like a sweetheart. So. Look, it's a, Sam's shaking her head, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Well, look, I never was an asshole. Good. I like the image of being an asshole. Sure. Because all my heroes are assholes. I had the image of being assholes. Lemmy was like that. Nicest dude you ever want to meet. But looks like a fucking biker dude, Mm -hmm. you know? You don't fuck with the guy. But I think that's true. I think that's true of a lot of And I love that juxtaposition in people. I don't know how I got, like, I think I've been divorced twice. And the the first divorce is what did me in good for being, like. What do you mean, like? Oh, well, on, on the road to, like, doing bad shit. You know, like, a little bit of speed. A lot of strippers, mm-hmm. um, drinking. It was fun, man. Yeah. I had a lot of How fun. old were you? 25. Yeah, that's the 25. time for all of that, unfortunately. And then the thing is, though, I was traveling around because of the work. I was going all over the place. And this constant on-the-road stuff, you know, in the studio, on-the-road shows. And when you go and have shows, you, there are parties around it with she-she and, you know, upper crust Don't you types. hate that? I, it's awful. I call them rubber chicken dinners. I, I hate schmoozing. It's, I'm terrible at it, and I, I have too much bitch in my face. I have people ask, like, are you okay? Like, because I'm just... You just don't want it. You shut down. I do. I don't, I don't want to interact with people on that level, ever. I, if, I don't care if you're a genuine person and you have things to talk about and you aren't an asshole... We're going to get along fine. Mm-hmm. But if you are somebody who is holier than thou or you think your shit doesn't smell, like we're going to have who a lot you, of issues. Okay, you've met a lot of famous people. Most of them. What's the worst one? Uh, personally. Um, who is the biggest? <laughs> well, what do you actually, call them? Jackholes? Jagbags. Jagbag. No. You know who is the biggest jagbag? And who? this is surprising. And who? he's coming in town. Michael Stanley. What? Michael Stanley and the Resonators. He had a fucking one hit. Right? I'm not kidding. It's pig roast. It's two years ago. I'm on state. I'm at Hollywood Michael Casino. Stanley. Michael I did not Stanley. expect that. He's got his saxophone on. I'm announcing that he's coming up next. I don't say he's coming on now. I'm like, coming up soon, Michael Stanley. He and his band are in the wings of the amphitheater as I walk off with the microphone he stops me and he goes, did you just say that we were coming up next? And I was like, yeah, like you obviously, you're getting ready to go on stage. I'm like, yeah, you're coming up soon. And he's like, why'd you say that? And I'm like, cause I work for the radio station. I'm like, I don't know. 
So I walked away. He was just such a dick. Mm. I was very surprised. Mm. Who's the nicest? The nicest um, is Nikki Six. Nikki Six is just the kindest uh-huh. dude. I love him, and he's got the sexiest. Women love voice. Nikki Six. Um, Women love Nikki Six. Let's see who else. You know who I don't like? Who do you not like? I don't like his ex-wife or girlfriend. Kat Von D. Oh, God, I'm so sick of that shit. I, I don't feel like she, I've met her as well. Really? How yeah. was she? Was she nice? Yeah, she was very nice. See, now you make me feel bad. You should feel bad. She had a book signing in Chicago, and I was – I. It was Halloween. It was, the, it was like November second. I think I remember hearing you say something about. I this was dressed on the radio. up as Nikki Six. <laughs> my girlfriend Amber was dressed up as Kat Von D, and we drove to Bloomington Normal to party at my alma mater, ISU, to party at, for Halloween. Slept, woke up the next morning, drove to Chicago to get our book signed by Kat Von D because she had a book signing event, and she was the sweetest. One of my former press assistants here got into grad school at ISU. It's a great school. Yeah, yeah. She, I would live in Bloomington normally. Really? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't go. St. <laughs> Louis, you have to stay in St. Louis now. If St. Louis ever, if Casey ever fires me, I'm moving to Bloomington. Do you have normal. any national aspirations? Um, yeah, I would. I, I really am grounded in in St. Louis. What would you like to do? What's your other than now is your dream job? What is the big dream job? The big dream. Well, it had always been going. To LA, which I don't fit in there being at all. K Rock, being on KROQ, yes, right. But you would have been a first VJ. You would have for you MTV. Would, oh yeah. You oh, I would have loved. You would have given Martha Quinn and Nina Blackwood Strauss. a run. Blackwood. Blackwood. Yeah, Nina Strauss is. I almost Alice said Cooper's. Nina Hartley. <laughs> Alice Cooper's Nina guitarist Hartley's is Nina Strauss. Nina, Nina Hartley's a porn star. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Forget our Nina's cross. Nina's. I would have loved to have been. A You'd DJ. have been great. You you have a huge voice, and the the closest I can remember of local somebody like that, mm-hmm. probably uh, what's his name, uh, JC. JC. He had a voice that was like that. JC Corcoran. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Corcoran. Corcoran. Mm-hmm. He had that. He had that kind of a voice. He, he told I worked on his show on K Hits in two thousand and nine. Really. really? And he told me, I have the voice of the other woman. <laughs> he was hitting on you. He Well, I don't know about that, but I love that. I always kept that. I'm like, I do have the voice you, you, of the you, other you woman. Have a, it's low. You have a low yeah. voice. And I'm not kidding. People come out to my events, men normally, and they <laughs> they say, when they see me because I'm five foot three, they go, I was expecting you to be like gargantuan. Yeah. You know what? I never saw the Casey movie. Oh, my God. I never did. You would love it. I never saw it. You have to see it. I've, I've almost bought it so many times at Vintage Vinyl. You have to see it. I, I got to tell you, <laughs> that 50th anniversary thing, the what was it? You, you played, was it the week of that? You played all the stuff. Beach Boys, everything. Everything that you played mm-hmm. over the years, like yeah. Wild Honey. By the Beach Boys and stuff like that. That it's great. Yeah, you know that was cool. It was super. And cool. all the old DJ, v, all the old <laughs> DJs were on mm-hmm. the woman that was the. She was like eighteen years old. Joy Gridnick. Oh my god! In my opinion, the most gorgeous female DJ on Casey is and will always be Joy Gridnick. Huh. She owns the Fountain on Locust. What? Ron Stevens, that who created the Casey movie, yeah, 
Ron Stevens and his wife, Joy Gridnick, who are excellent human beings, they own the Fountain on Locust, and they, after they got out of KC, because he used to be the program director, and that's how they met. They met at work, kind of like a Tim and me thing, and um, got married, and then they went off to do syndicated radio production for, like, all sorts of different stations, and they still have on STL.com. Really? And they enjoy, have, you've been in the Fountain on Locust. A long time ago. She hand-painted that entire place really? in there. She's incredible. Yeah. Wow. That, I thought that that week, when you had the old DJs on, it was great. That's awesome. It was very, very cool. One of the cooler weeks of, of radio I've, I've experienced. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you dip in and you dip out. Right. You know, so during the day, How but that I had it on here, had it in the car. It was killer. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite group of all time? My Number favorite one. band is Def, the Deftones. I thought you were going to say Def Leppard. It's Def Leppard. Chin loves the Deftones. I love that. I've met Chino a million times. Chin said that if she were a stripper, she would strip to Deftones. I, I would also strip to Deftones. <laughs> I love the Deftones. Their I music Jen, is so good. I took Chin to see Crosses. Yeah. The offshoot at Pops. Pops. I was there. I didn't go to the show. I went to the strip club while Jen. I was Jen. I'm going to the strip club, and it's the only time that Jen ever came into the strip, the strip club. club. I heard you say the other day on the radio, one of your last shows in the morning, like, "Does anybody even go over there anymore?" I don't know anybody that goes to the strip clubs. Do you still go? I went to Di- it wasn't Diamond then, whatever it was, with Motorhead and Nashville Pussy <laughs> over there. To- Lemmy went over there. Yes. Oh, my God. It was fucking insane. All right. So you are in many of, of the museums that I think are amazing. You're in the Library of Congress. They got the Warmadillo print I did, yeah. How do you decide what goes where? Do they say I don't. They to approach you? me. Wow. Do you understand when they how see excellent wor- when they you see are? Work, when they see work at a show or during Print Week in New York or if a dealer takes it to them to try and sell it's a whole business museums but i sold to museums before i sold to individuals when i was 25 years old so when i was 20 actually 24 when i was 24 i sold prints to the fog at at harvard the one of the biggest best museums in the world they bought it right away so it's still there forever I'm going to be in boston at the end of may i should go see see it unless it's on display in a show but you know, you can see it. It's there. It's that stuff is, and it's St. Louis Art Museum. I'm the only lifetime member of the St. Louis Art Museum. What do you mean? I'm a member. They have, you know, you can be a member yeah. of the art museum. I'm the only one that has a lifetime membership. They gave me a lifetime to it. Wow. I get to go to every, you know. Because, and why did they give that to well, you? Well, I've been going there since I was 13, and I had a show there. That's I mean, so it cool. was a cool fucking thing. It's, it's. I love that museum. St. Louis Art Museum is fantastic. So what else is there for you to do? You've met your you've met your idols, you've worked for your idols, you've shown numerous times, you've been printed, you've been you've been interviewed for Penthouse, you have you have lived like your dream, like you have your print house here. Lots of strip clubs. Just tons of, you've been just tons, tons of strip and clubs. Tons of strip clubs. You know, I mean like what else is what's next for you? I wanna just keep making my work and making a living off of it. Because that I get to do what I wanted to do when I right. was ten years old. Could you retire? No, I don't make any money at this. What? I am broke ninety percent of the time. What do people need to do to help your income? Do they need to buy your art? Yeah. How That's do they the do thing. that? You know you know you hear learn all these maybe we've had a couple shots but you hear all these 
I want to help the arts. And yeah, it's all you know how you BS. help the arts? You buy art mm-hmm. from artists in your town. What if you don't have any money? What if I like I would your art is in my basement. We have our entire basement is full of well, if you show don't have any money. I, I have work that is ten dollars mm-hmm. up to twenty five thousand. Okay, and they can buy that this at, at the graphic, graphic house, house. You can buy the ten dollars stuff, and it's hand printed. It's signed. I make it so that everybody can have the stuff. That. Little monster prints and cool things like that, and stickers and T-shirts. I do all that, and it promotes the bigger stuff, and the work lives on in that way too. So, my, I make my stuff available to everybody at all price levels. I love Why that. are you laughing at me? I'm not. La- I'm You're smiling. laughing. At I'm me. proud of you. I'm. I'm proud that I know you. You're well, one I'm of my proud coolest I know friends. You. Whatever. You're man. one of my coolest friends. Well, we have talked. For an exorbitant, is there any an other, hour and a half? Is there almost. anything else we need to cover? Absolutely, we're in be so two much years trouble before we do this. I know we're not going to see each other for two years. Do you have any? Do you have any shows exhibits coming up again? I have one in Portland in okay. two weeks. I just have one in Portland, Akron, Oregon. Ohio. Yeah, no, Portland, Maine, Portland, Missouri. <laughs> But have you ever shown in Potosi? No. You have to do that. I can't. They run me out of there. They you already have to tried do something. Once. You have to do something out there. Oh, no. You need to make some sort of statue and the dedicate it to Potosi. Is, the problem is, is it's the, my stuff tends to make fun of rural right. America. Because it's quite satirical. It's very, very good. It is satirical. And these days, there's a lot to make fun of. Absolutely, there is. Well, there always is. Yeah. There's always a lot. So you don't have one more question that you've just been dying to ask me. Anything. This is it. Are you going to marry Jen? No. God. <laughs> That's the one. No, I'm kidding. I won't. Oh, right. Uh, no, actually. Why I, did you ask that? No. How did you know we that, weren't married? That was, I don't know. Are How you? How did you know that? No. Are you guys Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russling? Yes. This? That's the way to do it. I've been married twice. Yeah. And Has I, Jen ever been married? No. She... I think she just doesn't doesn't get want married. that possession thing. Mm-hmm. That like um, she's a wild flower. She will love that you said that. She's a Tom Petty she fan. Is oh yeah. I just played that song a couple that's nights fucking, ago. That's so hard. I dedicated that to that's his divorce album. That entire yeah. album. Dave Grohl was almost a heartbreaker. You know that. I right? do know that. Yes. That Saturday Before, Night Live. After Nirvana, after Kurt killed himself. Yeah. Petty gave him Petty a shot. Petty said, hey, do you want to come be a heartbreaker? And he was, for one imagine? night, for one night, he was the drummer on Saturday Night Live. I need to go back and rewatch that. I've oh, that in so long. It, you could tell the band is like looking back behind him. It's like a train going, like a bomb going off. And they're smiling, just like, oh my God, this. He's amazing. He is amazing. And you know what? I have so many metalhead fans listeners there's this guy named scott mm-hmm. everything i love the foo fighters i walk down They're the fantastic. aisle to the foo ever long by the foo fighters oh, tim and i love them well that's why we're going to boston calling before they announced that rage against the machine was going to be headlining, i'm going to that are you going to say i don't care where it is yes that's a stadium show i go to okay. because there's a chance they went on some sale shit today could be burned down did you get tickets today Not today i couldn't it's sold out get the fuck it's out sold of out here. in an hour i'm not kidding we got our tickets today. You should take a picture of this look about <laughs> <laughs> When you find out Rage Against the Machine sold out in an hour. <laughs> well, yeah, like, <laughs> that's terrible. Damn it. Well, God, there's my... You're going to need some help. blown. All right, we'll figure that out off I this, would love but... to go. I, I just, I'm dicking around over here all day trying to figure <laughs> out 
to fight trench warfare to survive as an artist. <laughs> Can I say one thing? Because you're, you're affiliate. You are on Casey, and I, I have to tell you. You know, I, I'm going to ask you a question, then you ask me a question. Fine. I'm going to ask you a question, I'm going to tell you what my answers are <laughs> to this question. Because I've been dying to ask you this. Go. Okay. What bands do you absolutely hate? Here we go. I hate Foreigner. What? I hate That's Foreigner. surprising. Surprising to me. I, but I hate get Jethro Tull. <laughs> I get it. Hate Flute Rock. Flute rock. This always surprises people, but I'm not afraid to admit it. I don't like The Who. <gasps> wow, yeah. that's surprising. Isn't that me. surprising? And I should like The Who because of my insides, but I don't. Huh. There's something about that British essence of them. They're very British. Very British. And it's not the type of British that I tune to. Maybe one day I'll come I around. I don't know. If you don't like them by now, you probably, probably ain't going like to like them. Um, I don't know why I'm counting these down. Why foreigner? I just think it's bland. It is AOR rock. It's it's essentially sticks. Oh, Aria Speedwagon Foreigner. Just mix them all together in a blender, and it's the same damn thing. <laughs> and I and I've interviewed members of each of those bands, and they're great guys. Yeah, yeah. But it is bland. It is. There's you know nothing that about Mick that. Jones. That, yeah. A foreigner. He produced 5150. I didn't. I don't. Yeah, I did not know that. He's a producer of that that record. Sammy. and That's a great record. I absolutely love Van okay. Hagar. I do. What? I love him. I love Roth better, but I okay, love Van I Hagar say, too. I'm a Roth I li- girl. I like it all, but I don't hate on it like a lot of Roth no. fans do. I like it all. It was the most successful time for Van Halen when Sammy Hagar Jim and I was. Love, we love Sammy Hagar. I think he's fucking great he really great songs plain yes. jane he's a great guy cruising too. and boozing you need to hang out with sammy hagar oh my god that have you ever cool. met sammy hagar no. you need to meet to him meet sammy hagar. i would love for you to be my guest when he's in town i will i'll take you up on it and get you backstage I will take you up you'll on be it. designing the circles next I record i would totally do that okay you want to hear my three or four that i let's fucking go. hate let's go yeah let, right now let's go I cannot stand Bon Jovi. Okay. Fair. One day, I was driving in the car. One Dead or Alive came on. I flipped it to another fucking station. One Dead or Alive was on halfway through. And it stopped, went into Walgreens. Fucking One Dead or Alive is on in Walgreens. And then I got back in the car. Got back in the car. And then I made it a mile and a half. Fucking flipped it over to something. 103 point whatever. Blaze of fucking glory, which is one of dead or alive, rewritten again. Yeah, I cannot stand Bon Jovi; they're terrible. I can't stand Sticks. I don't like Sticks either. Sticks can fucking suck it, man. They're terrible. They're just awful. again. We should like them. They're from Chicago. You would think I'll take cheap. Dennis trip. DeYoung is absolutely. You have to make a Chicago band. I'm gonna take cheap trip. Right. Well, they're really Rockford, but close enough. Right. I can't stand Sticks, and I cannot. Stan Kansas. No. I'm oh not a Kansas God. fan either. Fuck. I it's agree just with you. Over and over. It's everywhere. <laughs> I fucking hate it. I, I Kansas Foreigner, Sticks, and Ario could see, all I be. Like, I like Foreigner. Okay. Jukebox Hero, I dig it. You know? And I even like the shit, like, I want to know what 
Love is. Love is. But I like that yesterday song that was on that. That album. was yesterday. That was yesterday. Did he still play that? Mm-hmm. Does Casey play that mm-hmm. song? I haven't heard that in a long time on, on I'll your I'll play station. that for you tomorrow. Yeah, do it. Lots of love to our dear friend, Tom Huck. He is quite extreme. He's so much fun to talk to. And we always have long, intense conversations. Like, essentially, you just heard a nice snapshot of what our friendship is like when we see each other every two years. So it was nice to catch up with him and have him to share with everybody. So next month, it is a female month. March will be a female month. I'm excited. My It's my birth month. And so with that, I thought, I'm going to interview my mom. And so I don't know exactly when that episode will come out in March. So be on the lookout for that. Regarding Tom Huck, though, if you want anything from him, evilprince.com is a great place to go. Go go look at his art. You know, this is audio, so it's hard to describe what he does. It's fascinating. And to see it in person is also wonderful. So get yourself down to Graphic House on Washington Avenue if you're in St. Louis. I can't wait to collaborate with him on something uh, with the radio station. Anyway, Tom Huck, you are awesome. You guys have a great rest of your February. We'll talk in March. Peace. Get early access to Macy's Black Friday specials on gifts they'll love at prices you will too. Now, while supplies last, like 40 to 50% off boots and shoes for him and for her. Sweaters for him and her, just $24.99. And 60% off holiday decor, hosting essentials, and so much more. Plus, download the free app for more Black Friday deals at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.